Welcome to the Live Your Best Life Barefoot Podcast with your hosts, Mary Morrison and Chris McCabe of Barefoot Bungalow Realty. Hi everyone, thanks for joining us again today and this is our episode three of Live Your Best Life Barefoot with Barefoot Bungalow Realty and Property Management. Today we have a special guest and I'm going to let Mary introduce her. We are here. We're so excited. We're here with uh, Karina Borgia with American Real Title. Welcome, Karina. Thank you guys so much for having me on today. I'm super excited. I've been looking forward to it. Uh, for the people that don't know me, my name's Karina Borgia LaCroix. I'm the founder, owner, and operator of Borgia Consulting Corporation and American Real Title. Welcome. We're so excited to have you. Thank you so much. Thanks for being so- here, Karina. Thank yes. you, Chris. Tell I'm us a we got a lot to talk about today with all the crazy real estate world uh, at this point. <laughs> yes, and that's a great question right there. Tell us about your crazy world. Okay, well, um, let, let me tell you a little bit about what we do. So if someone doesn't know what a title company does, maybe they'll, they'll have an understanding of what I'm talking about. Um, We are a real estate title and escrow closing company. So essentially we do all of the legal documentation to make sure that a closing happens and that buyer gets clean title to a property and that the property gets transferred to that buyer um, properly with a click of courts and all those things, as well as providing title insurance. So um, that's sort of the, 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 the dumbed down version of what I do. I prepare those uh, legal documents to make the closings happen. Um, but yeah, the, the market's been really, uh, really crazy. And there's been a lot of things going on right now that, um, that I guess, uh, people should be aware of, especially with all these offers and, and that are being, I guess, uh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know exactly how to put it, but a lot of people are in the market trying to buy properties. It's a seller's market right now. And the buyers are being beat out by multiple offers for property. So mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of things are, are happening that that are making me question things in terms and contracts lately because of that. And so I don't know what kind of strategies are you seeing on the contracts that are different in this market than in any other market in order for that yeah. buyer to secure that property? Well, uh, there are a few. So um Normally, in a uh, in a contract, most people, most real estate agents use an ASIS contract. Um, that's basically a contract that states that um, the buyer will have a certain amount of time for an inspection period. And during that inspection period, if something were to pop up that needs repair, they can contact the seller, the seller's agent, and let them know that. Um, these things would would need to be repaired prior to closing. The seller at that point has a choice as to whether they want to do it or not do it. Um, That's what the ASIS contract is. Um, The standard residential contract doesn't give them the choice for the seller to say, well, I don't want to repair anything. In an ASIS contract, if the seller does not want to repair anything, they can let the buyer know and then the buyer can decide to cancel the contract and get their deposit as long as they do that during the inspection period. What I'm seeing, and I'm bringing this up now, um, getting all technical complicated with it, um, because what I'm seeing now is that because people are being, um, I guess, turned down with multiple offer uh, situations, 
So what I'm seeing in contracts is that the buyers are putting in those offers that they're willing, willing to waive their inspection period altogether. So no inspection period at all. Uh, in addition to that, they're adding to the language, the terms in the, in the contract, that they're not going to ask the seller to make any repairs at all which is just frightening for me. Um, it's scary to think that if you're purchasing a property, um, you're spending all this money, 500,000, a million dollars, whatever it is that you're spending, um, and you may not get an inspection. And all of a sudden you um, buy the house and you move in and it needs a new roof and it's gonna cost you $100,000 and you have no idea. Now you have an issue where your insurance company doesn't wanna insure your home because you need a new roof and that puts people in all kinds of binds. So um, I do understand that it is a choice. It is a choice. You can select to have no inspection period, but I feel like there may be other ways to negotiate a contract that could lead to the buyer accepting you instead of waiving your inspection period. Um, well, what are you seeing as good options? To a good option um, that I'm seeing is um, the title insurance uh, payment. So who, who pays for the title insurance? Um, and let's go backwards a little uh, so that you guys understand and your, and your customers and clients understand. Um, I do closings in all of Florida. Every county is different. In Lee County, it's customary for the seller to pay the title insurance premium. In Collier County, it's customary for the buyer to pay it. Um, and there's a whole long discussion over that that we can go over in another podcast. Um, <laughs> but that's the way it is. Now, what when I say that, I say it's customary. It is not the law. It doesn't mean that it's a make it or break it. This is the way it has to happen. It's just customary. So we see 90% always, even before all this mess is going on, 95% I would say um, follow that rule. But right now in um, Lee County especially, because a seller usually pays for the title insurance, they have all these fees uh, you know, for that policy. And what I'm seeing is that the buyers are offering to pay for the title insurance and then selecting the title company to do the closing. So at that point, you can figure out what the seller would ultimately spend paying for the title insurance fee and the closing fee and deduct that from their fees in order to accept that contract from the buyer if mm. the buyer is offering to pay. Yeah, um, that's a great strategy. Because then you're not leaving anything at risk. We're not going to go to closing if we don't have clear title. You're not leaving anything at risk there, but you are offering... Mm. An additional help to to the seller you may not be increasing that price but ultimately the buyer will have the extra fee to do that but mm -hmm. I think to me you know you, you spend a few thousand dollars on title insurance um, and it's not something that's long-term that's gonna bite you in the butt later because maybe you needed a whole new roof and it's gonna cost you a hundred thousand dollars and and to explain a little bit about title insurance title insurance is the it's not homeowner's insurance. It's very different. And it is something that you only purchase once when you purchase your property. What it does is it protects against any title defects or any issues going backwards. So let's say we do a closing today and you're buying my property. 
uh, Mary, you're buying my property and you get title insurance. And then all of a sudden, um, my son uh, shows up and says that he has some interest in the property. Well, because you got title insurance, all of that is going to be cleared up and you're not going to have anybody being able to put a claim against your interest in your property. So that's really what title insurance does. So you only buy it once. So in a contract, if you decide that you're going to pay the title insurance, it is a one-time fee, only at closing, and you'll never buy it again. And it's good for the life of your ownership of that property. And it's huge. We, I think we kind of take it for granted because we do have to do it, but it's a huge benefit to making sure that your home is your home. Right. Yeah, and you never know. And I, I've seen a lot of things where people will buy um, a property, let's just say a lot. And, and I've seen this, I'll give you this little example. Um, a lot purchased in Lehigh Acres with a quick claim deed. So they didn't go through a title company. They didn't get title insurance. Basically, the seller got cash. The buyer got a quick claim deed. They recorded it and they transferred the property over. All of a sudden, you realize that uh, there was a mortgage against the property and you had no idea about it. So you start building on your property and now you're just, you're a builder. Let's say you start building on the property, you go to sell the property, you need to provide clean title to the new buyer and you can't because there's a $100,000 mortgage out there. Yeah. What do you do at that point? All of those things are covered in title insurance. So you should never take on a property without title insurance. Good advice. Yeah. So now we've gotten the details of what you do. Tell us a little bit about your background and how you ended up here. Oh, boy. Um, okay, so I've been in the real estate title and closing industry for over 22 years. Um, if you guys could see me in the video, you wouldn't believe it because I look so young. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can attest. <laughs> I'm joking. That's a joke. That's a joke to make everybody laugh. Um, but I've concentrated in real estate law during this whole time. Um, prior to finding myself in this amazing real estate world, I worked in legal fields um, such as business, international trade, energy, and white collar crime in Washington, D.C. before moving to Florida in 2001. Um, I have a bachelor's degree in marketing, and, and I think that experience, too, um, helps me provide a different um, perspective to the title agent's view of, of my clients. Oh, hold on just a minute. So you're a marketing agent, you're a an attorney, uh -huh. and you're a title girl. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Exactly. I am the okay. title girl. So you are the title girl. Started with that because right? everybody knows me as the title girl. If you say the title girl, people usually know Karina's yeah. involved somewhere in there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I uh, I actually. Um, I always highlight the fact that I have a, a marketing degree because it really does help what my clients, my main clients, although you would think the buyer and the seller are the ultimate client, my main clients are the agents. You know, those are the ones that are constantly um, pulling together the files and the ones that I'm helping uh, draft language and deal with issues in, in files. And uh, that's what they're doing. They're marketing. Their marketing. So for me, being able to provide them different avenues as to, okay, how can you negotiate this? Um, what if you market it this way? What if you offer this instead of that? Um, it's very different than the majority of title mm -hmm. agencies out there. And um, we are very different than a lot of title agencies here in Florida. Um, 
you don't need to be an attorney to have a title agency or be a title agent. So you essentially can go have uh, your your closing with any title agent that may have just gotten his license by doing a you know 80 hour course and has no experience in the legal background of how to clean title. Um, and that's an, that's an issue. And Mary, you and I have talked about that before, where um, title agencies will turn down a file because it's got some difficulty in clearing the title and they yeah. don't have the expertise or the legal knowledge on how to do it. Um, yeah. So then they basically tell someone that they can't make the closing happen. I've never let a closing fail, fall apart in my hands. So uh, it may take a while on some of them to clean them, but you don't have to go to an outside source to have it fixed. Um, and that's, that's, I believe a really big plus for my title agency. And we don't, and, and I've said to, um, to Mary, we don't um, emphasize on the legal. We just add the legal when the legal is needed. We don't charge fees for that. We are essentially a title company charging title company fees, um, not an attorney's office. We used to be a law office years ago when we started, but we've shifted that just to title. And, uh, and that's what we concentrate in and, and we provide service that way. And, and I think that does um, set my real estate agents apart from other real estate agents when they're marketing a, a, a file, a property, you know, to tell their, their, their clients that they have somebody that has this much experience and they right. can't fix anything. It's, that's I think it makes a I'm sorry. You're getting a two. They're getting a two for one. Right. Right. Yep. So let's see what what else. What else is going out there? What are you guys seeing that's been a little a little crazy? Um, probably the biggest thing that I think would be helpful for you is sometimes the clients aren't aware of what they can do to make sure that closing happens effectively. So what yeah. are some tips that you have for that? All right. So I'm going to go back a little because like I said, I've been doing this for so long. Um, back in the day, and I'm just, I'm, I'm painting a picture so that you could close your eyes and imagine this. Back in the day, the buyers and the sellers would come to a closing together at the table at the title company or the attorney's office together. And, you know, there were, there were issues with that. But um, I really like that. And I'm going to tell you why. I think the fact that parties knew that we're going to be sitting together at the end of the deal mm -hmm. kind of kept people behaving. It seems now that we have this like the social world where everybody's on Facebook and no one's face is really in front of you. Um, people get really bold. And when I mean bold, there's a lot of nasty things that go on back and forth in these new transactions because the parties now don't have to sit together. They either do their closing remotely or the seller comes in at, let's say, one o'clock and then the buyer comes in at four. They never see each other. So um, they get, um, I hate to say this, use this word, bossy. They get bossy. And um, they there, there are a lot of issues there. And I, I think... In your question, because I think I'm I'm veering off the, the topic. Let me let me rule it back in. It's perfect. <laughs> the, the the thing that um I would say in order to have a um, successful closing or at least one that doesn't um, make you lose a lot of sleep is patience. Right. Low drama. Of patience because you know the market right now is it's 
busy. And let me explain to you um, what sort of happens in a real estate transaction. You think that you're the only person, right, in your transaction. But you have, let's say you're the seller or the buyer. You have the seller and the buyer. That's two people. You have a buyer's agent and a seller's agent. And then you have a lender, usually, because they're giving the loan to the buyer. Then you add to that your title company. And then you add to that HOA because we have to get a stop from the HOA. You add an appraiser. You add a surveyor. All those things. So right now I've just named nine people involved in one transaction, right? So anytime something happens, if somebody just has a question that needs to be asked of the other agent and then the lender, you've got nine people that are involved in this transaction. So the communication, dissemination of the communication is a little slower than what most people are used to. Um, we can't, like as a title company, I can't make a decision. If the seller calls me and says, you know what, I'm not repairing whatever it is that the buyer wants to repair. My point right now, I am going to have to contact the seller's agent, the seller's agent then has to contact the buyer's agent who then has to contact the buyer. Then the buyer has to respond to the buyer's agent who contacts the seller's agent who calls me and then I call the client. Okay. The whole day has gone by. Now. It, it sounds like that song about the woman who's followed a flag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's a whole series of books. Yeah. There's a fly. There's a, there, there's a whole series of books. She, she swallows all kinds of things. Um, but, um, yeah, so I would say, you know, patience, um, everyone, is, I love that. I love uh, being patient and kind. Yeah. Yeah. And, and always remembering that, um, your real estate agent has your best interest in mind. Forget everybody else. It's your real estate agent. They're the ones that you hire to represent you. And they're the ones that you have to stand with. So, uh, you know, I have a lot of people that will call me and say, well, you know, my brother told me that when he did his closing, this and that happened. And, and it has absolutely nothing to do with, with his own transaction. But now he's worried. He's got all these fears. And, and, and then he starts, you know, venting all to that, to his, the nine people involved in his file. You should contact your real estate agent. Always, always listen to the real estate agent. They always have your best interest in mind and be patient. The files do close. They're not, actually falling apart but they are being a little bit more delayed than normal because the lenders are uh, really occupied and busy right now they're they're just they're swamped and and you know lenders don't look at a file like we look at a file you know lenders feel like they have the money so they are the ones in charge so it's going to close when they're ready um so we have to sometimes you know handle them very kindly because if you become, you know, the, the, the one complaining on the other end, your file may not get closed on time. So those are That's things. A huge, I love that perspective, Karina. I hadn't even thought of that, mm -hmm. um, looking at it from the lender's perspective. Yeah. yeah I love yeah, that. To them. And, you know, they'll say, well, just get an extension. But they don't realize that, you know, the seller's already packed up his things. The buyer's got his things in a truck. And the lender's just like, well, without my loan, you're not going to close. So it is what it is. Sure. So always keeping the lender happy is, uh, is, is a big goal. <laughs> so I had a question. Have you ever met, and I, I couldn't answer, have you ever met an underwriter? A lender underwriter or a title underwriter? They're two um, different Well, that's a good, either one. Uh, yes, yes, I have. 
Um, I have. They seem to be this mystical. They seem to be a unicorn. Like we talk about them, but they do exist, right? They do. They do. Okay. There's usually somebody and you can contact them. Yeah. So they don't have a number. Um, and to get an email for them is really rare. And even mm -hmm. if you email them, you won't get a response back. You can, sure. you can vent and voice your opinion, but you won't get a response back. But there are actual underwriters that do um, underwrite the loan. Okay. Um, the, the problem with that, and I think that, and, and your question may be derived from this, the fact that there's a notion that um, the, the lending world just has somebody in the background that knows nothing about lending, just clicking a button, yes, no, yes, no, yes, <laughs> no, and not thinking about it. And um, I think that there is uh, some truth to that. Um, we all have steps in our files, like here in title. The file comes in, you put in a deposit, somebody takes that. Then the file goes into pre-planning, which, you know, all the timelines go in. Somebody else does that. All these people are not well-versed in a closing. They're just the first line of, you know, of, of attack here. And then you have a processor who orders payoffs and estoppels and, and title commitments. And then you have somebody that cleans title and then you have a closer, right? Um, same thing happens with a lender. So you have the loan officer. The loan officer is not always in charge of everything. And everybody uh, gets really upset of their loan officer and says, well, I'm never going to use them again. And sometimes it's not really them. They are the loan officer. They're taking in your, your file and then they have a processor. The processor compiles all the information and puts it in a system. And then they have the quality control. And that's where your question may come from. That's usually, quality control is usually somebody that doesn't really know about a lot of things. They're really just there to say, okay, I got their W. Okay, I got 45 <laughs> Okay, I got this. And then whatever else, they're like, nope, it didn't pass quality control, but they don't, they're not thinking outside of the box. And, right. and there is a little of that. Sometimes you do have to, um, convince uh, an, an underwriter or even to, to pass it through quality control to even look at and, and land in the underwriter's lap um, because the quality control person won't release it to underwriting. And then, you know, um, and, and it happens. We had a, a file last week where there was a dirt road on, on a property right in front of the property. And the, it was a VA loan and the, um, the quality control person and the processor and the underwriter basically said that because there was no public maintenance agreement recorded with the county records, that they required one, which would have taken six months worth of legal work. Um, and um, they didn't want to hear anything else about it. Uh, eventually, we were able to bypass them, go directly to VA, pull up some law. You go, and, girl. And get through it. It required the buyer because they were the veteran to they they wouldn't take our call. So they did take initially right. our call, but then we had to get them involved. But then we armed them with the information they need. They moved forward, and we got that closed um, in time with with just um, you know some a, a legal affidavit. So um so I love it, that. Yeah, yeah. We uh we we try we try hard. I think every file is a workable file. Nothing ever falls apart. Like I said in my hands, um, but it requires a lot of patience, especially nowadays. The lenders are busy and and um, and people are frustrated. And because people aren't seeing each other face to face, they they vent and 
you know, say things maybe they shouldn't say. That's why I say, you know, mm -hmm. communicate with your realtor, communicate with your realtor, and then the realtor will pass on the information, you know, in a tactful manner if you want to, if you want to vent, you know, right. um, to keep so things I, kosher with all the, with everybody. I love those takeaways, communication yep. and kindness. Yes. Those are our takeaways in the yes. process. Positivity too. You know, I'm big about that. I've mm -hmm. always said, if I put out positive energy, that's what I'm going to get back. So when a fall is falling apart, I think to myself, you know what? This is going to work out. I don't know yet how, but it's gonna, and it it's does. Gonna happen. Yeah. yeah. Love that. Yeah. So thank you so much for being with us. Um, can you tell us how <laughs> listeners can get in touch with you and, um, Maybe the best way, if they are talking to their lender about, I mean, their lender and their agent about how to use you. Okay. Um, well, first, I'm everywhere. Uh, Karina Borgia LaCroix is my name. I'm the title girl. Um, American Real Title is the name of the company. Our website's www.americanrealtitle.com. I have a YouTube channel where I do videos that teaches my clients all kinds of really neat things. So you could go there, YouTube, American Real Title. Um, you can call the office at 239-768-0144, extension 11. Um, you can ask for me or anybody here, really. Um, I'm usually busy, so. But I'm everywhere. I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, you name it. Um, and then as far as using us, so you choose a title company if you are paying for the title insurance. So, like I said, uh, normally in Lee County, the seller chooses, and in Collier County, the buyer chooses. If you are doing a refinance, um, you can choose whoever you want to do your closing. You just let your lender know. Um, but usually the seller's agent in Lee County will choose a title company, buyer's agent in Collier. But you can uh, tell your agent if you have a connection with someone or feel you know like you want to use someone other than the title company they're using. You are the title girl. Thank you so much for being on with us. Thank you guys so much for inviting me. This really has been amazing. And I'm looking forward to doing another one, maybe, you know, more on um, specifics of certain questions and things like that that your clients have. So listeners, if there's someone that you would love to hear from, we'd love to hear about that. You can email us or connect with us on Facebook and tell us about that. Um, and if you have any questions that you want to get answered, please send us those our way. Remember to live your best life barefoot. Thank you for listening to the Live Your Best Life Barefoot podcast sponsored by Barefoot Bungalow Realty. To learn more about Barefoot Bungalow Realty, go to www.barefootbungalowrealty.com or call 239-350-5535.